Oh, wait, there's the keys. Hey, welcome back to Board to Tell. I'm Jim, as always, joined by... Kai? Yeah, sorry about our absence. I lost the keys for a few months, and some other stuff has been going on. So, Kai, what's new with you? <laughs> oh, God, so much is new with me in the past however many months it's been since we last recorded. Um, I started attending a therapeutic community <laughs> for the next uh, year of my life. Um... I don't know. Lots have been lots has been going on uh, in a new relationship, so I'm I'm now taking the deep. <laughs> um, all sorts has been happening. Really, it's it's been so long. It's hard to even understand where to to start. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not gonna name his name. You can if you want to, but we do have to say that the uh, the uh, person that you are in a relationship is a fan of the podcast but is not you're not dating them because of the podcast you're dating them because of the previous friendship and relationship yeah <laughs> just making that clear to everybody because at some point her boyfriend may join us for an episode yeah yeah so. and also i don't <laughs> and she doesn't good. date fans sorry <laughs> like like we we have <clears throat> enough people to have fans we have like one or two besides your boyfriend. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree to that. Um, so, how has the last few months been for you? Uh, it's been a challenge. Going to have hand surgery soon. So, well, hopefully soon. On one hand and then the other one. So, the doctors are. <clears throat> I'm starting off with the bad medical news and then I'll go into the better. So, we don't lead into something on the crappier news. So yeah. on my right hand, because of rheumatoid damage and other crap, especially using computers since I was four years old, I have to get carpal tunnel repair, and they might be giving me an artificial knuckle in my middle finger that I can start freaking people out with once I get it all done. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and then on the right hand, they're going to probably do a trigger finger release on my thumb and carpal tunnel there, too. Remember, folks, use wrist braces. Um <laughs> <laughs> but on the other positive medical news, um, I was in the hospital in February, which I think I've discussed in one of the other episodes that we did, <clears throat> with hypercalcemia and diminished kidney function and an A1C, which is the three-month average of blood sugar, which, if you're not familiar with, they want to keep you under a 7. I was at 11.2 in February. In May, I had brought it down to a 5.4, and I just got results last week, and I'm down to a 5.3. So the doctors are extremely happy, and I'm down almost 70, oh, over 75 pounds now. Yeah, you've been doing brilliantly. Like, you can see Thank the you. difference in your face. Yeah, I just saw your comment on the Linda. selfie weekend post I, I uh, commented on in RTD. Yeah. So, um, but I appreciate that. What's going to really freak people out is next week with my face. Oh, because yeah. right before No Shave November starts, I'm probably going to get a... For the first time in probably nine years, I'm going to get a razor and shaving gel and go to the skin. Oh. So I know there's going to be a lot of people going, no, kill it, kill it with fire. Where's the beard? <laughs> uh, there will be many protests. Well, I know that you've never seen me fully clean shaven. I've always had it at minimum, like the pubic hair length. <laughs> um, but... I'm going to the skin, I think, this time. I'm going to go full baby face. But then I'm just going to leave it alone until the end of the year, probably. 
Yeah. So, because in two months it'll be back beyond where it is now. My only fear is that since I'm now almost at 39, approaching 40, mm-hmm. that it's going to come back with some white or gray in it. Oh, bless you. <laughs> then if I call myself old man Jim, you can't complain once I'm getting gray facial hair or white. <laughs> Uh, I, can, I can still try find some justification not to call you it. Well, remember, once I'm 40, we already had this discussion. Then you've got to let me do it. So you got a year and a half of giving me crap about saying old man Jim. <laughs> How about we have a compromise? You can call yourself slightly old man Jim. What? Geriatric old fart? Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm, uh, for the people who... Uh, don't talk to you as much as I do. Um, if you guys listen to a previous podcast too, and I haven't even told Ty this yet, you can hear it in her voice that she's doing better and she's starting to work through a lot. You can hear a general cheer in her voice and everything now too. Oh, that's actually nice to hear after having such a bad week. Because this yeah. week has been mentally quite rough for me. But it's been really nice. So I'll tell you a bit about what my therapy is so that the viewers know and that I don't know if I've actually told you much about it, Jim. If they're so... viewing us, I have a problem. I hope they're just listening. <laughs> so, basically, um, most American viewers, if they know anything about BPD, will know that one of the more common ways of treating BPD is uh, something called DBT, which mm. is more about dialogue uh, within mm. BPD. But um, that's not commonplace in the UK. It, it's it's not like it's hard to find therapists that, that do DPD, DBT, if at all. Um, but around the country, there is a, a small collection of therapy types called therapeutic community, and they all come under like a sort of generalised board called the Community of Communities to sort of regulate them and and see how therapeutic communities can be better off or change or work to making other people better. So though it's a very different system, it's it's nice to, to know that it's always being worked on. So if there's yeah. any issues that I know other people won't, face them in the future but how a therapeutic community works is um for me it was that I had to do group therapy for a year and a half to solidify my place in the therapeutic community it was sort of a condition of getting into it then after your year and a half of that therapy you move into a three day a week program so I do about 12 hour day three days a week which is knackering. Um, not that the whole day is therapy. A lot of it is travel for me. About six hours of it is travel. Um, yeah. Then it's it's quite a mix of things, but there it's a build up of sort of over twenty people that you go to therapy with three days a week, and you have a variety of therapy methods that you um, take part in. So whether it be art therapy or psychodrama 
which is a very interesting therapy type. I'd never heard of it until I joined this program. And it's very interesting. Um, I definitely think I would go back and do a psychotherapy session after this if Mm. I could find the means to go and sort of see what it's all about, if I ever needed it. Um, Then we also do, like, cooking therapy and, um, like, how to manage your life outside of therapy, so whether it be budgeting or helping with certain issues you have at home. And you kind of get like a an hour dedicated to that every three weeks to sort of nice. keep a schedule of it and see how you're doing. And it's very interesting. Mm. It's very different. Um, you get no one-on-one therapy, but you get varying sizes in the the therapeutic activities you do so that you can get more care in certain areas if you need it. But mm. it's been challenging uh, to adjust to, but I've loved every second of it because it is, for me, groundbreaking. Like, I think a lot of people should engage in therapeutic communities, whether it be having a personality disorder or other conditions. But that's what I've been yeah. engaging in for the past two months now, and I've got another... 10 months to go but yeah it's it's starting to look up sort mm. of your first four months you really emotionally and mentally adjust to the transition into it because it's mm-hmm. very different from what you're used to yeah yeah when you were telling me about it you had to explain a little bit more what it is because i'm only used to traditional therapy and group session mm. type stuff because that's all i've ever had experience with and I was never the patient. I was a caregiver at the time. Yeah. And before anybody asked, no, I'm not a, a counselor or anything certified for that. I was a residential counselor for a um, uh, live-in um, residential facility for mental health. Yeah, and I think most people I talk to about my mental health and where I'm at with it now, I usually do have to give some sort of uh, explanation as to what I'm currently doing because n- not many people have heard of that therapy therapy type. I'd never heard of it, and to the point that I was very anxious to go into it. And I said to my therapist for the year and a half period, "Right, mm. pitch this to me. Tell me why I need this therapy." Mm-hmm. But also it's it's quite difficult because I'm very limited as to what I can say about it because when you enter a therapeutic community, there's a lot of confidentiality guidelines. So you can't yeah, say... Yeah, almost like NDAs. Yeah, you can't say a lot. And if you do, you risk being suspended from the system yeah. and having to represent to your community members to ask if you can stay in the system. Mm. So that's why I have to be very vague about yeah. what I'm in. I can talk about roughly what it is, but not yeah. tons of detail. Well, we obviously don't want you getting kicked out of the program or suspended from it. So, 
But uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I was just trying to think. Yeah, and then along the whole mental thing, I had to tell Kai yesterday. I had to do something that they never have to do in the UK. I had <laughs> yeah. to go and go get help with selecting my new health insurance for next year. Since I live in the only industrialized country on the planet that doesn't have national health care. It's very, very baffling to me. And like I told you yesterday when I was going into the uh, to go wait for the meeting, I said, um, yeah, I'm going to do something you've never had to do. Or I think it's I think said it was like strange or something. I don't remember. But it was something along that lines. And yeah. then I told you, like, oh, geez. Yeah, it was, uh, it's always entertaining every year when you have to do that. And I went yesterday because, and the day we're recording this is, what the hell's the date today? The 26th, I yeah. believe. You can tell I didn't look at my phone date at all today. <laughs> um, so yesterday was when I had to do it, but I did it yesterday because the date that you're allowed to start doing it and signing up is November 16th. I'm smart enough to know that if I freaking wait till November 16th, I'll be sitting in that office from like 9 a.m. until 6 and still not be able to get seen. Yeah. Especially because, and I'm not saying this is a negative, I'm saying it because it's factual. The place where the uh, health op the healthcare company has their office is in the city, well, town of Newburgh. And town of Newburgh tends to have a lot of underprivileged and low-income homes. Well, the city of Newburgh primarily, which is right next to it. So you'll have a lot of people from there needing to go up there, especially the ones who are not English speakers, because they yeah. need somebody who can translate everything for them and tell them exactly what's going on. Because this is a system that, once again, no other country has. So we, uh, so they have to tell them how this all works. Yeah. So. And I, I know that, uh, one of the big discussions now with everybody, and I'm just going to slightly broach it just so that people aren't thinking I'm ignorant to this, that there's a lot of idiots in America. Oh, I mean, sorry, other people <laughs> who think that we shouldn't be giving health care to people who aren't citizens and everything else. I said, well, we don't give it to citizens. So we give Medicaid and Medicare to the ones who are desperately needing of it in some cases. But... Otherwise, you fend for yourself in America. That's why we have the highest medical debt on the planet. So, Bless you. anyway, I don't want to go deep into that because that's not what this podcast is about. This is about catching up and oh, yeah. discussion and such for this episode. Learning the ropes again. One thing that I actually haven't told you about that I think you will probably find some humor in is um so we have a benefit system in the uk called universal credit that if mm -hmm. you're out of work you can sign on to and they help you get into work whilst giving you some financial aid whilst you're mm -hmm. in wait to get into new work yeah that's and, like unemployment here yeah and if you're physically ill and you can't work you have to go to assessments to prove that you're ill and whatnot mm -hmm. and because of my mental health and the amount of time I have to spend in therapy I can't meet the requirements for the benefits so they sent me to uh, an assessment to 
prove that I'm in need of that service and that mm. being in that service will impact those commitments. So I went to this mm. assessment and the woman that was assessing me was American. It was so interesting. I was like, I just want to dive into like how different this must be for you being American. Like just her mindset about it all it must be so weird. Yeah. I, oh, I trust me. I'd... I didn't know how long she lived in the UK. Yeah. Didn't ask. No. I really wanted to pick her brains, but I was like, I'm aware that this is an assessment of my wellness. I can't just yeah. be saying, like, I can't ask you loads of questions. Yeah. Plus, you have an American big brother for that, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have a similar system here, except ours is, of course, as even more broken than yours. Because we have the yeah. Social Security Administration Disability Insurance. Um, basically, that even though it's not official, there's basically an unspoken rule here that every time you apply the first time, they're going to deny you and then you have to appeal. Then they'll actually look at the case. It, funnily enough, it is the same here. But yeah, but sometimes mainly, unless you get a lawyer, they still won't do anything. Mainly, it's the case of that is only typical with mental health cases because mm -hmm. there was must have been nearly five years ago now, there was a memo leak and mm. it was in diff in different wording saying that it was okay to actively discriminate against people with mental illness that were trying to make the claim that they were unfit to work yeah. and to to try not and pass through as many approved claims mm. of those with mental illness and it drove people mad but then got very quickly brushed under the rug yeah but i might be very wrong on that but that's from what i remember the case that happened mm. which is ridiculous yeah. you really don't want to piss off mental health people you don't want to anger the crazy people they'll come and take care of something for it then <laughs> yeah the Definitely. only positive of the uk is that you guys don't have a gun issue like we do Oh my god. Unless somebody's coming out with a double barrel shotgun. God, it'd be a nightmare. You, you Brits enjoy fighting as much as Americans. You guys would be just as bad as we were if that was the case. I'm not entirely I mean, sure. You only had, what, about a thousand years of uh, conquesting areas you guys had? <laughs> because I think that with the American issue with guns. It's a lot about culture and mm -hmm. a culture that has been built up surrounding guns. And there isn't that culture here. So if and guns being afraid of foreign countries. And if guns were to be legalized here, mm -hmm. like if, if I woke up tomorrow and they said, you can legally have a gun if you have a permit or yeah. whatever. Because obviously it changes from state to state as to what level of precautions there yeah. are. Um. I think that because of that build-up of years and years of a thought process and an ideology almost over it, I think it, it really yeah. sort of skews the debate. And there was a comedian that had spent a lot of time in America that was discussing the mm -hmm. guns issue and sort of said, you know, like, 
it kind of like almost reflects in like how much Americans love like cowboys and that cowboy culture of like the movies and and the old and the old mafia Al Capone on top yeah. of crap and all that yeah and, and the fact that... that we have it idealized about the Revolutionary War how we kicked the biggest country the strongest nation in the world's ass out of our country and made our yes. own country so it kind of helps skew the image of it's kind of in some sense romanticizing it so that yeah. helps the the side that has the most power in the debate right now i think well to a limited a limited extent your country is partially responsible for the gun culture in america because <laughs> we became so paranoid of foreign involvement and foreign um invasion that's why the the second amendment was originally created so but on but, days you get annoyed with it you can just say you're the problem guy and so you can stand up to your government but i'm sorry but some jackass with a semi-automatic uh ar-15 is not gonna stand up against um a hummer equipped with soldiers with a 50 cal you could take out a thousand of those guys before one would shoot you yeah and i know guns are one of those like uniquely understood in america type things as far as their function and their sizing and stuff I'm not mm. saying about we understand the safe use of them because look at our news every goddamn day now. Um, I mean, hell, it's so, gotten so commonplace that when there's a mass shooting, it's not even the lead story on the news anymore. Which is mind-blowing. Yeah. Usually it's because of our giant Dorito-colored uh, schmuck in chief. Do, do you sometimes just see news stories about him and just think, am I in a fever dream? Because I know I do. And I don't I have no, but I have been on stories before on like CNN or MSNBC or New York Times or any of them. Mm. And I'll see the headline. And I'll have to double check to make sure I didn't stumble onto the onion. Yeah, and 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 sometimes it, I'm hoping I did. Yeah, sometimes you're like, please say this is a satire article. Please say that this is some big practical joke. And you're like, oh no, it's from a reputable source. Okay. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, reputable if you're not uh, on the red side. Because mm. they hate but everybody. It's even Fox News now. I think the one of our issues in especially Western society, but it's kind of across the board, is that when something's broken, we don't know when to say we need to fix it. So there's yeah. a lot of systems that are very broken right now, whether it be the education system, the mental health system... <coughs> Issues with gun our, control. Our crumbling infrastructure in the US. Yeah, like, we don't know when to say, right, this thing is broken. It's not working right now. We just go, oh, no, no, we've had it for years. We don't really mm. need to address it. It's your problem if you don't like it. Yeah. It's, it's well, very it's, peculiar. I mean, it's pretty sad in America where, I don't remember how many years ago, but we had a bridge collapse in Minneapolis with people on it. Because yeah. they just didn't keep up on checking on it and, and maintaining it. It's ridiculous. After that happened, they had to, in New York State, we, our state checked, I think it was something like 23,000 bridges of all different sizes in the state. They checked every one of them and ended up leading to like three or four bridges being replaced, which cost billions of dollars. Yeah. Because, of course, America gets marked up. Yeah, which also le is leading to another source of contention here because 
Our uh, governor here, Andrew Cuomo, aka uh, the the wannabe mafia leader, um, he his father was a governor of New York in the 80s, Mario Cuomo, which I was never a big fan, and that's when I was a kid and I understood I didn't like him, which is amazing because they were they're all Democrats, but. They renamed one of the bridges here that used to always be called the Tappan Zee, the old span. He renamed it to the Mario M. Cuomo Bridge, so he named it after his dad. And yeah. Nobody wants to call it that. <laughs> they still <laughs> refer to it as the Tappan Zee on the bridge. I mean, on the news and everything else when there's traffic or anything. Yeah. So it's a bit and like um, when people talk about Boaty McBoatface, they go, they always add yeah. it. it. But that was a missed opportunity. Article. The people wanted that. Oh, there was if nothing else, else, at least the trolls of the internet. I can't remember what it was, but something else is like being put to a poll to name. Mm. And uh, someone wrote an article saying, oh, because this is going to go brilliantly. Yeah, didn't they actually name one? I know they didn't name the boat Bodie McBoogface, but didn't they name like one of the subs, submersibles that were on it because it was a research vessel? I'm not entirely sure. They called the I boat in the end uh, the, uh, Sir David Attenborough. Yeah, which I'm not upset by because Attenborough, the Attenboroughs themselves have been a great contribution to the UK. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely deserving of it. If it wasn't given a meme name, then yeah, that's definitely worthy of the the. Yeah, at least you guys named it after somebody useful. Exactly. I just can't wait until. Years down the road, there's going to be, like, a freaking uh, Donald Trump rest area somewhere, and I can't wait to go shit all over its bathroom. <laughs> You're saying that, like, the planet is going to be surviving much longer, Jim. Hey, it might be on Mars, but we'll still end up having one. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. I don't think we're going to get the whole population to Mars in the next 30 years. Oh, I know. Oh, well, we're definitely fucked. Yeah, we are. And it's... Like, one of those things I can't think about too much because I, I find it so genuinely terrifying. Yeah, especially the fact that now at this point, China's becoming a better environmental companion than the U.S. is. Mm. And we have the... a president who still thinks windmills give you cancer and, uh, I mean, wind turbines give you cancer and that coal is clean. <laughs> but it's the... People that have a lot of scientific competence are saying we need to get to zero carbon emissions within a yep. very, very short space of time. A lot of them are within saying... Within 10 years, I think they said, or we're done. Yeah, next 10 to 15 years. And it's just unachievable. It's... If we lived in a perfect world, it would totally be achievable. But it would cause so much chaos and we most of western culture don't have political leaders yep. that that are actually going to buckle down and do the work no because they're they're rather kowtow to the industries that give them money exactly whether and directly it, or indirectly it's pitted as this oh we'll use less plastic and make sure you recycle you working class middle class people and it's like no, the majority of our carbon footprint is because of corporations, not, yep. not the people being subdued by those corporations. 
Yeah. It's just very, very concerning. Like, you remember how they were saying a few years ago that the reason why one of the big influences on global warming is because of cows farting? Yeah. Do you know why that was spread around, even though they've proven it's not true multiple, multiple times? Probably to Apparently, General Motors, General Motors hired an advertising agency to pretend that they were being sponsored by an environmental group to spread that story so that people wouldn't be only looking at cars. Oh, God. And it's a bit like how um, there was a really good scientific um, study into mm. things that need to be done to lower our carbon footprint and what yeah. would be the most helpful steps to achieving an environmental structure that that will save us from the end of the road that we're very much in sight of right now and the american news sources just had a field day because they took two facts out of it which was of course you get your sound bites i believe it was um don't eat burgers and and stop going on airplanes and they were like this is ridiculous and it's like airplanes are a big part of the problem but it's not actually airplanes aren't as bad as individual cars though Mm. And it's the the issue was not saying stop planes, don't fly anywhere. It was saying we need to find a more sustainable energy source to run our planes on and a more yeah. healthy way to to reinvent that travel system mm. so that it is cleaner because otherwise it's going to be something that does push us closer to that edge. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that General Motors, I think, is probably one of the worst environmental companies on the planet, Mm. along with Monsanto and a few others. Um, But I don't know if a lot of people realize this, even Americans, that up until the 50s and even going into the 60s, that most of America had commuter rail or trolley car or streetcar services. Yeah. Even New York City and everywhere else did. The reason why they went away is because General Motors, who started a bus manufacturing division, created another company that was trying to sell all these bus routes and everything to have them, all these other places stripped down there and destroy their trolley car, streetcar, whatever you want to call it, services. And they were successful. Meanwhile, those services were a much greener example back then even, because they're all electric powered. And even though we were burning coal and everything for the electricity then, if those had sustained to this period, A, we wouldn't have as many pollution-causing buses on the road, and B, we could convert them to be being powered by greener energy sources. Yeah, it's, it's something... Well, not something needs to give. The whole system that we function on needs yep. drastic change, but it's... I hate to But as long as there's money it, involved on the opposite end, yeah. it's not going to happen. Yeah, I hate to be pessimistic, but it's just not going to happen. Because all the ter- lawmakers figure it's... they'll be dead by then, and the people who are around then will figure that issue out. Yeah, exactly. And they don't realise that... Because I don't know if you probably did as well, but I grew up being told, oh, it's it's not my children or my grandchildren that are going to see it. It's, it's going to be many generations to come that are going to see the real effects of global warming. And now yeah, it's... Like, we already are. Yeah, it, it's... 
that there's going to be an, a potential end to the world before I even mm. see the end of my life, if I'm not yep. careful. Yep. Yep. Lots of shitty people doing shitty things that are going to fuck out the rest of us. Exactly. And unfortunately, those shitty people are the ones with the money and the power, so they get to decide that. Yeah. It's crazy. But we've, yep. we've, we're doing one of those podcasts where we talk about the big issues. <laughs> where we tangent off into just random deep shit instead of just being light yep. and funny. Yeah. We become very cynical with the world. <laughs> but at least, as usual, we call ourselves out on it. <laughs> yeah. And I think a big part of the change is that we have to need to have these big conversations, whether it be a small podcast that is such a drop in the, the bucket compared to the general population or yeah. big political conversations within a whole country. It's the conversation needs to start at some point. So it's better to have the conversation than just be like, "Ah, oh, this is too heavy. Let's let's change the subject," mm -hmm. because that's that's what got us into this mess. Oh yeah. Yep. But unfortunately, until the uh, leaders of the world end up starting to realize that they don't uh, need to serve corporations, only the people, we're screwed. Yeah. But and we need to start uh, voting those ones out. Yeah, which is very hard because, so there's a brilliant BBC documentary maker called uh, um, Adam Curtis, who I absolutely adore. And he's very, I don't know how you want to describe it, because it feels like if you say left-leaning or or someone of the left, it's, it's, also, it's almost started like becoming a slur or a bad thing. And to me, hmm. yeah. being left-leaning isn't necessarily a bad thing in moderation and depending on the views. Yeah. But he speaks a lot about how um, most political movements with a left ideology struggle because we're in an era of individualism and that makes things like the Occupy movement and many other things um, never have an end goal. People mm -hmm. will protest but not have a direction and not yep. have an idea of if they got into power, how they would make those changes. There's, there's no yep. conformed idea there's no general consensus of what it should be because when it gets to a point where there can be some power, we get lost in the nitty gritty. Whereas yep. a lot of right-leaning ideologies have an idea and, and a very set out thought process of how it will be if they get there. And that's yeah. why things like Brexit and Donald Trump's campaign got to where they are because it's not an oh everybody has an idea of how it wants to be. It's it's a lot more conformed and across the board. Yeah, and I I find that fascinating because he's been looking at 
a lot of sort of differences in the political standing and and how individualism as a whole takes its effect. And I think we're all a bit guilty of it. Mm -hmm. Like, I know I am. Like, he was talking about things. I'm like, well, I think that way. And I I have that thought process and realising how I'm part of the problem. But he's a brilliant guy and I would recommend anyone to listen to podcasts he's been on or or watch his documentaries. A lot of Mm -hmm. them are on YouTube and they take a couple of watches to fully let it all sink in. But yeah. Some well, of did you see? Mm-hmm. Did, did you see the new YouTube-related news that came out two days ago? The actual positive one for once, started by Mr. Beast. No, I didn't see it. There's over 600 YouTubers, including Britain's own Slomo guys, that have yeah. all committed to by the end of the year raising 20 million dollars to plant 20 million trees. Oh. Oh, I saw the video, but I didn't actually watch it. Okay. Yep. And I, Justine, Rhett and Link, uh, Ninja, Smarter Every Day, and a bunch of others are all involved. That's brilliant. And yep. it feels like uh, YouTube's in a bit of a shit show right now, so to have some good yeah. come out is brilliant. Well, YouTube themselves aren't responsible for it. It's all the YouTubers banding together. Yeah. YouTube has nothing to do with it at the moment. Yeah. But I, I really don't... don't see them not going in at some point and saying, okay, we're going to give a million-dollar contribution towards this goal. Yeah. yeah. Because Google get needs all of... the, best, the better press they can. Yeah. To get them out of the controversy of the, the list of banned words on video titles and metadata. Yep. Which uh, I don't like know. All the LGBT ones? Yeah. I don't know if you've watched the video, but my, my favourite content creator made a video that has now offen- essentially broken out of the system. And it's so meta that he's just calling out YouTube on that shit. And I'm like, yes, this is what I needed. Yeah. Speaking of YouTubers, I know two words I can say that'll make you just immediately laugh. Oh, God. True Jordy. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know if you want to discuss that whole circumstance. I'd... but I had forgotten about that we hadn't, that that had gone on in the time. Obviously, I hadn't yep. forgotten it because I think that that'll make me laugh until my dying days. Yeah. yeah. So. You want to explain the background? Because you, you're a little bit more familiarized mm, with it than I am. I think there'll be a lot of riddles and dancing around the subject, but yeah. I will give the summary of what happened. So, there is a British YouTuber called True Geordie, whose real name is Brian, and he is part of sort of the the British YouTube scene and he is a podcaster Just and and quite a big football fan. And he got very well known. For Americans for, soccer. Yes, yeah, soccer. Um and he was quite well known for calling out Logan Paul on his Suicide Forest video. Yeah. And on top of that... Didn't he threaten to beat the shit out of Logan Paul for it? Probably. I would not be surprised by that. Yeah. Um, Which is coincidental about beating the shit out of somebody else. And he was also the um, commentator on the boxing matches. Um, KSI, Logan Paul. The Joe Weller versus KSI or the Logan Paul versus KSI fight. And, and I um, think he's supposed to be doing the next one too. Yeah, hopefully. I think 
I think he's very deserving of doing it. Yeah. Because he's done a lot to get where he is, regardless of what I think of him and his opinions. Yeah. But and and he's taken a lot of shit in his life. Yeah. And basically, the backstory is that I have had interactions with True Geordie, um, the uh, kind of sensitive in nature, and so I, I know of him mm-hmm. very vaguely. But one day I woke up and I was like, I'm going to go on, go on Twitter, see what's going on in the world, to find his name number two on trending. And he's not a very well-known chap. He's at, I think, 1.5 million subs. But... um. So go on to the trending, see this. And basically what had happened is his very sexual DMs with a girl on Instagram were leaked. And the contents of which, with a content warning, very sexual in nature, he was discussing um, something called scatting and mm-hmm. a lot of role reversal stuff. And... Um, Humiliation. He was he was yeah. humiliating himself in these DMs, and which was where my jokes of him taking a lot of shit in his life <laughs> came from. Yes, and um, it was quite quite funny for me, given the interactions I'd had with him in the past and things I'd heard through fe- friends that I'd made that knew of him or knew him personally in the past. Mm-hmm. And it felt like Christmas Day. <laughs> and usually I, I'm never one to judge. And it wasn't necessarily that I was judging him, but it was just very amusing to, to see him getting ribbed. And the video he made in response is... I have to hand it to him. He did steer right into the skit on that one. Yeah. He got one of his friends to make a lot of jokes about him. And... Th- He's very good at taking shit. Like, he will take his due if if it comes to him and it's worthy. Hell, he Uh, requested to take shit. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) sort of the highlight of his response video, which if you have not seen it, go and watch it. It's brilliant. And sort of the highlight of that video was him saying, Please be aware that this is the least proud wank I have ever had in my life. <laughs> uh-huh. It's just like, yes, I'm living for this. It's brilliant. But yeah. You, you dodged a brown bullet on that one there, Kai. Definitely so. <laughs> um, what's the other thing that I was going to bring As long in? as your boyfriend doesn't have any of those deep-seated things that we haven't learned about yet. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Um, and before anybody asks, no, I don't either. I'm disgusted by bodily fluids, so. Yeah. No, I would I would not personally do that myself either. Um, yeah. But Kai likes to give people shit, but not like that. Another YouTube um, recent news or controversy, I don't know if you know about it, but have you heard about who Chris Hansen is trying to investigate on YouTube? No. I've got to tell you the whole story because it's brilliant. If it was Keemstar, I'd laugh my ass off. Oh no, it's it's better than that. 
I know there is such so, a thing as better than that. He's trying to do a YouTube live interview on his channel, uh, Have a Seat with Chris Hansen, with Onision. Yeah. Oh, that wouldn't surprise me. That, he's a piece of shit. So he was discussed in a interview with a YouTuber called Blair White, who I've yeah. heard a lot of mixed reviews about, but the stuff she's done on Onision, I've only heard good stuff about. Yeah, she... I I personally watch Repsion for any of the Onision oh, stuff. Oh yes, yeah, I, he's like specialized Onision content. Well, he like a third or half of his videos are on Greg because I'm not going to call him Onision. Stupid. Yeah, I've hated him for years because he's always had a rumor of being a piece of shit throughout the YouTube community, even way back to mm. years ago. I don't know if you remember they did a thing called Prank House that a lot of YouTubers were in. Um. Potentially, I knew it was live stream. They had like a paintball shooting gallery and a bunch of other things where you could actually pay money and you could shoot with an automated paintball gun. You could oh. shoot the YouTubers as they went through, and then there's all they're all just playing jerk tricks on each other and oh, cool. all kinds of other things. But yeah, so back to the story. Um, mm. so Blair White discussed that she'd done a video talking to someone that was allegedly, but more than likely, definitely groomed by Greg. Yeah. Um, Which I know um, is t- tends um, to be a very sensitive subject with you in general. And, yeah, had sort of very briefly discussed that she'd made this video and, and talked about how Greg was an issue on the platform. Mm-hmm. So Chris Hansen is not very uh, YouTube literate. So in his interviews, he always has someone there to sort of moderate and do the tech side of the stuff. And um, the next episode he done, he got Repsion on, who has had like I don't know, like eight years of yeah of calling it Greg out yep. on on his content and his Oh yeah, I started watching Repsion when um, he was initially discussing when Onision lost the case in Washington State for destroying a wetland. I've been watching Repsion on and off for many years. I Jeez, think way, I... way to share. <laughs> Sorry to be hipster about it, but I started watching Repsion before the Onision stuff. <laughs> What you guys don't realize is as soon as Kai said sorry to be a hipster about it, she immediately had, like, a pair of horn rim sunglasses, I mean, horn rim glasses and a flannel appear on her. <laughs> um, but yeah, I used to watch him before the Anisian stuff, when he would talk about the abuse that he went through in the church. Yeah. But, so he had Repsion on to give context about Onision and his past, and Basically, after Blair White's interview, Chris Hansen reached out to Anision to say, we'd love for you to come on and clear your name. Mm-hmm. And... Knowing Greg... Anision, he was probably afraid he was going to get handcuffed while he was in the chair. <laughs> Greg came out and said, I will only do it if you give me 350k. Yeah, I think you told me that yesterday. I put it on a status on Facebook saying so might have seen that. That's what it was. 
Oh, you did tell me, just not directly. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember and, it coming from you. And he said that if he was mentioned or um, Blair White was mentioned that he would sue Chris Hansen if he was ever mentioned again in videos. So obviously the next yeah. video he does is specifically just talking about him. Yeah. Chris um, Hansen has enough lawyers that Onishan will not only lose the case, but he'll end up going even more bankrupt because he'll end up owing them money. Yeah. And also, he never ever acts upon his legal challenges. He just doesn't. He tried once and he lost horribly. Yeah. So, um, he even made a typo in the email um, saying, I'll sue the shoe. <laughs> Chris Hansen goes, I think he just made a typo and was supposed to say show, which became a hashtag. Yeah. And then sue he the deleted. Onision then, after Blair White's interview, deleted all of his forums because he, he realized that he could get in trouble. If he didn't delete, you mean them. those farms that he paid that he made people pay to be able to access on his website? <laughs> Probably those ones. And that he had to have them crowdfund uh, the ability for him to add them to his website, supposedly. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. He's a ridiculous human. Um... Whatever the worst choice is ever to do, he fucking does it. Yeah, he always finds the way of just. See, and that's not even a matter of him being self-destructive. It's just he's an idiot. It's a bit like how when John Oliver was describing Trump, he said, I don't know how you managed to find the wrong answers. It's like someone asking you your favorite color and you responding Hitler. Onision is like that, but with sexual scandal. Yeah. It's kind of like, what do you want for dinner tonight? Oh, BDSM. (laughs) Yeah. Or like, oh, let, let's go on a date. What do you want to do? Kick kittens. <laughs> no, stop. Yeah. Well, hey, you want to go see a movie? No, I'd rather go to the maternity ward and punch newborns. <laughs> such a dark sense of humor. But it, it, it wouldn't surprise you if he ever said that. Mm. So yeah, um, it was quite nice to see Repsion just laughing. And saying to Chris Hansen, like, oh, don't worry, he won't sue you. He's threatened yeah. me many times. Yeah, I think he's su- threatened to sue Rep- uh, Repsion probably, at least since I've been watching, I think, five times. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So. And I don't follow Onision because he's one of those idiots that whenever he does something stupid, it's going to be everywhere anyway, so I don't even need to bother. Yeah. Kind of like a president. I had sort of been aware of Onision for a very long time, on and off. And I started to watch some of his content when he was going through the drama with the threesome. Mm -hmm. And I watched all of his videos discussing that. And... Until it came out about the text messages that he'd sent to the girl of, oh, get a tramp stamp and let me tie you up in the basement because you smoked weed. Um, 
I'd sort of watched the videos about the threesome and the breakdown of his marriage, thinking, oh, like, he's he's got some humility to him. He's being very open and honest about the issues. And then <laughs> all of the shit hit the fan, and I was like, okay, this guy's not cool at all. And I started to yeah. into his past issues, and I was like, Christ, like, I do... I do, I do not like this guy at all. Yep. He's one of those people that you just look at and you think he's a dirtbag. And then he yeah. confirms it for you. Yeah, he's a wrong one and you can sort of tell you have an awareness. I would say he's an asshole or a douchebag, but I don't want to insult assholes or douchebags. At least they're functional. Yeah. At least you know that they're somewhat harmless. He, he does good on his... Um, frets well not frets but his issues with women like he's not just one of these people that is like all talk he's very much like you find out through the things he's done how much of a piece of shit he is rather than he yeah. talk in a way that you're like oh okay you're you're an asshole yeah he's just basically the, the best description i can give of him is he's an overflowing toilet there's a lot of shit coming out of it and you don't want to deal with it Yes, yes, definitely. And I think anyone that starts making content on him, it's like a slippery slope of becoming an Anision channel. <laughs> so welcome yeah. to the new We Hate Anision podcast. <laughs> well, he also was um, talking at one point about um, Repsion. He's also talked about a few other YouTubers, too, that I've seen. Yeah. Although none of them are, are the continuous... And colossal fuck-ups of uh, Greg. Yeah. So. And also, for anybody who's wondering who Repsion is, just because I tend to pronounce Zs with more of an uh, sound in that case, it's R-E-P-Z-I-O-N. Yeah. Or on uh, Twitter, I think he's D-D-S-H-U-L-B-A-C-H. Yeah, I'm not entirely I don't follow him on the socials. Other than uh, YouTube, yeah. Well, oh, I'm, uh, you know me. I'm I, I'm on almost every social media. Yeah, I'm I'm on most social medias. I just only use specific ones, and then yeah. I switch it around every now and again. But um, yeah. so to give you an idea of how much content I watch on an almost daily basis, guess mm. how? Because I went through and sorted out all the channels I'm subscribed to to sort of hmm. have a declutter so that random stuff isn't getting promoted to me that I don't really watch anymore. Guess how many channels I was subscribed to? How much? 938. damn! I go through and clear my subscriptions out every so often. How did you find that out? Did you count it or did it tell you? Um, in the sidebar, mm -hmm. it sort of said, like, oh, so it sort of like shows you so many and then says show insert how number of how many other channels oh, you follow okay. and um because every time because it used to be the case of the way youtube was laid out you had to go through to a separate web page that gave you the whole list mm -hmm. and it would crash every time i tried to open it yeah so i knew i had over 300 because it would always, yeah. I got that number from somewhere of my attempts to try to get through to the page. And yeah, then I don't have where the anywhere format, near 300. Yeah, where the format has changed, it's um, 
it's now more easy for me to to sort it all out yeah just for just for a comparison for everybody i've had a youtube account since basically youtube became a public platform um and i only follow 244 channels yeah also the context is i've had this youtube account since 2012 hmm this particular one I've had since 2011, so. Yeah. That was when you had to link your uh, G- uh, Google Plus with YouTube in order to be able to comment. Yeah. Because yeah, that was another great my... choice by them. Yeah, I deleted my original account. and. Um, you don't want everybody to see your history of watching all those Teletubbies videos? No, it's it's an accident. I was trying to delete a blog that I had created because it had got a lot of personal information on that I'd just given out willy-nilly when I was a teenager because I didn't understand about keeping some things to yourself. Oh, you mean your old website, Kai's phone number and address.com? <laughs> but yeah, I, I because of how it's all linked, if you delete certain things that were sort of owned. yeah it takes down everything that was linked yeah you delete the whole google account so that yep. all of those things disappear yep and same as people I... who are idiots and try deleting their gmail and then wonder why they can't get on youtube anymore yeah so that's and also at that time i was doing youtube stuff so i deleted my whole youtube account my couple of hundred subscribers that i had and I was so angry, I bawled my eyes out. I was so sad. Yeah. Well, then the only you can do is get started again. Yeah, but then at the state of YouTube right now, I don't think I want to. Yeah. I I don't think... Because it's like, say it was a company that you was working for, because in some sense, that is what being a YouTuber is, is you're kind of working with that company. And if it were a company I was working for, it means that if you work with them, you support their values. And I definitely do not support what YouTube is doing. And it would be almost impossible to break out and get any following behind me. And there'd be a lot of depression. Mm. So I'm like, well, what is the point? If there is some reality where I can sort of start start with a new platform because I, I think there will eventually come a time where um, YouTube won't be the norm. And yep. there will be... Especially when you have things like Disney Plus and HBO Max coming soon. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully there will be something. Well, I know that for a fact they're coming here. Yeah. Because they all start in America. Except Spotify. So, I don't know. Hopefully, fingers crossed, there will be something. And then maybe I'll consider mm. it. But then at the same time, I've wanted to do it for so long. And I'm like, why don't I just do it? Because the numbers don't really matter to me. But yeah, the numbers do matter to me in the sense of what I want to talk about, I feel deserves that reach that yeah. it could get if there was an active suppression 
and mm. and a lot of issues for smaller creators or creators starting off. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, it's just a whole disaster with all that. Um, YouTube is another one that's looking for the right answer and purposely going the other direction half the time. Yeah, and I think a huge part of it is that they know that if they're transparent and say, mm -hmm. right, here's all the things we need to fix, it could bring a lot of legal action against them. Because if they show an awareness of certain problems, mm -hmm. it just opens them up to damage. So they hide yep, behind... All the... of those creators will be suing them for lost revenue. Mm. They, they hide behind the love. well, we're doing all these things so that people don't abuse the system. Yeah. But where it is very much community-based for the most part, a lot of content creators and their fan bases would actively police if they was aware of that. You know, yep. it's like we'd just let it happen. But they aren't saying it because of it being a genuine problem with the system. They're saying it so that they can have a get out of jail free card. Yeah. Yep. Because if you don't acknowledge there's not a, there's a problem, then there's no problem. Exactly. Which they brings us back to happen. climate change. <laughs> exactly right. It it brings it back to so many issues that we've discussed. Oh yeah. And guns and everything else. Yeah. And before anybody thinks I'm anti-gun, I'm not. I believe that you you should be able to have hunting weapons as long as you're hunting animals, not people, and only legally hunting them. Mm. I think same, that it is okay fishermen. in a context of hunting and to some extent in policing, but it needs mm -hmm. to be monitored in policing because yep. I, I hate to break it to you, but I don't think your your police system really uses it properly all the time. Just no, maybe. <laughs> well, they all get a gun no matter what, so. Yeah. And as Where we've seen, there's some people that shouldn't. Whereas here, it's kind of almost like um, you specialize. Yeah. Like the special it's kind of like how we have, even though I know you have them too, it's kind of like how we have SWAT teams who have the bigger guns. Yeah. You have to go through training and be selected and go through a yeah. mental health exam and everything else for that. Yeah. And I think the that is the main place where guns should be allowed and policing is yeah. for very specific things. Well, the irony of this is that I've discussed before that I'm on the, the medical marijuana program here in New York State. Yeah. But because I'm registered as being a illegal drug user for the federal government, I'd be disqualified from a handgun permit if I wanted to go for one. God. Meanwhile, you can have somebody who's on... Uh, heroin, PCP, whatever, because they're not registered as using them, they can go yeah. get that weapon as long as they've never been arrested for that. That's crazy. I'm sorry, but potheads are not the ones that need to be kept away from weapons if anybody does, because what's the worst we're going to do? If, if at the absolute lowest, we hold up a convenience store for a pack of Funyuns. <laughs> so, I mean, that's that's I'm not saying that, it's, that they should be given them either, because no blanket group should be allowed to have them. Yeah. I, I firmly believe in, like, 
have you ever seen the Japanese system to get a, be able to have a weapon? No, I'm not entirely sure of that. The Japanese system, and I'm I'm just going through memory, so I could have a little bit off. Mm. But for the Japanese system, you have to write letters. Uh, you have to have a mental evaluation and a physical exam. You have to have a test of your knowledge of the weapon, and then after you and a waiting period of like a year or so, and after you've gone through everything, which can take up to four years to go through, <clears throat> you're allowed to either buy a BB gun or a shotgun. God, see that's how it should be. Yeah, I mean the Japanese have their own issues as it is, like half the country being irradiated right now, and uh, their population steadily declining because they don't get immigrants. Yeah. And they don't so. like have a good a high reproduction rate. Yeah, well, they said within the next two hundred fifty years that Japanese people will be uh, extinct at this point. Mm. They've also said the same with South Korea. Blonde. Like they've and blonde. they've actively set a day where it will go extinct, yeah. and there will be no more people yeah. if they're not lucky. <clears throat> yeah, well, the U.S. has a diminishing population now too. Mm. So, but. I think one of the only countries that is still growing steadily is Germany, of Western, quote-unquote, Western culture countries. Yeah. Germany's exploding, because they're also the, the best economy in the U.S., I mean, in the uh, EU, which still, at this point, still includes the U.K. <laughs> I don't think you want to go through all that all over again. But let's just say Boris Johnson's a fucking idiot. Show. Oh, my God. I was, funnily enough... Um... Because before this podcast, I was having a, a nice relax in the bath. And when I uh, have like a nice long haul, like I'm chilling out in the bath, I listen to a political podcast to, called uh, mm. Too Long Didn't Read. Yeah. And it's very sort of, um, it kind of pits itself as not being politically biased and, and a, a way of understanding British politics. Mm. Of sort of being explained it in a way so that you can understand what's going on, what yeah. will potentially happen and what could happen and what that means and et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. I was I was uh, sitting in the bath just listening to this podcast and I was like, Christ, it's, it's a shit show, isn't it? Yep. Well, you know what's a sad state in the country? Because you remember pre-Trump when Stephen Colbert, before he had the Late, uh, late Show... You yeah. had the Colbert Report. Mm. And in the Colbert Report, most people didn't realize he was playing a conservative pundit. He actually doesn't feel that way in real life. Mm. He was just doing it as a satire, essentially. And what he said is that, not to make light of uh, suicide, but he said that if he had to still play that character in the Trump era, he would have killed himself. He said there's no way yeah. he could pretend to be a conservative with this much wrong. Yeah, because I think in the past where it was a bit more leveled out and it kind of did mm. feel a bit like a 50-50 split between yeah. right and left-leaning people in political mm. views, it you could satirise the other side. Yeah, well also anything he was saying was... A joke. Yeah, anything he would say though would be more ridiculous than what the politicians would come mm. out with. Now um, they beat him in about 12 yeah. seconds. It feels like satire is lost in this time, in this political time. Well, when reality is uh, scarier than what you can come up with, that's what happens. 
Yeah, it's it's hard to write satire for this generation mm-hmm. because, and also it doesn't feel like we have a political generation that understands it, yep. like fully comprehend what the satire represents. Yep, look how like often can... people read the satire and try saying, oh, this is bullshit, because it is bullshit, but they don't realize that it's a joke. Yeah. Humor's lost yeah. on a lot of people now, too. Yeah, they sort of play into the hands of the issue they're covering because they don't get the joke. Yep. Exactly. They, uh... I, think, I think that's why we have such a huge issue with public shaming on social media is because yeah. satire is so lost now that well, it kind of feels like don't even bother trying to do it because... You're just going to get yourself fucked canc- over It's cancel culture. It's You'll be shamed if that joke fails. So don't even be trying to make that joke and point at how wrong the system is. Yep. Because it will fall on its face. Yep. Well, cancel culture in general is just toxic. Yeah. Uh, I understand th- some people need to be outed yeah. for the shit they've done, like Cos- the Cosby's of the world. Mm. And, and it felt but... like it, it came from a good place, but... It's become very toxic now. Yeah. But like, now, I, I saw some people start trying to say, uh, cancel Colleen, the one who plays Miranda Sings. Because in oh, the video, she picked up her son by under his armpit with one arm. Oh, God. I'm sorry, but even a pediatrician was in the comments saying, this is an acceptable way to lift your child as long as you don't carry them that way. Yeah. So, and they said, especially a child that's under 50 pounds. Yeah, it's just a bit crazy. Yeah. It's just ridiculous because people are stupid. <laughs> and because people think that just because they have an issue with something, it's wrong for everybody to do that thing. Even if it's yeah. mild. And the... I understand the Cosby's of the world and shit like that. They should be thrown in the pit and burned to death. Mm. And it feels like there's now mm-hmm. no no nuance to the conversation. There isn't allowed to be nuance. To the conversation. No, there's only extremes. There's no moderate yeah. anymore. Yeah, you can't. You can't have devil's advocate anymore because yeah. if you're playing devil's advocate, you're just as bad, which is completely yep. wrong. It's completely ridiculous. Yep. Yep. It's just ludicrous. The whole extreme. Because I don't consider myself a liberal. I don't consider myself conservative. I consider myself a moderate Democrat. Mm. which almost doesn't exist anymore in this day and age, but I'm the type of Democrat that I believe in social programs, but I also believe in the death penalty. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to find a line because Mm. it feels like every descriptor of your political stance now has Mm. something attached to it that makes you this horrific person. So I'm like, I have no clue what to describe myself as because everything I describe myself is monstrous to someone. So I would say I'm left-leaning or that I'm Mm -hmm. relatively liberal. Um, But for me, my my main beliefs are equality and democracy. Those are the things that we need and very anti-corruption. And I'm also anti-political party. Mm. George Washington warned the US about it over 200, almost 250 years ago. And yeah. what did we do? We went right into it. Yeah. 
we just said we could do that but look it's why can't we do that come on you sure you don't want to change your mind (laughs) that just proves that even back in the 1770s and 80s and early 1800s all the way up through that even then we saw the good choice and said fuck this and went for the bad one yeah there's been so many examples of that whether it be in economy or philosophy or education we always see the alternative of how it can be and go yeah it's a really brilliant idea but let's not do it it's just like no can i shake you can i shake you from hundreds or tens of years ago and just say why didn't you do it yep well look at it this way there was a republican on fox news a couple weeks ago republican senator or a congressman sorry and he was talking about what would our founding fathers say of this culture where people aren't dressing like men and women anymore and blah 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 they said well immediately he would come to and say oh you guys created political parties did i fucking stutter that's what his first thing would say. Yep. Nothing else would probably throw him off other than the technology. Getting rid of slavery wouldn't probably phase him that much. Even though he did have slaves. Yeah. Um, and supposedly he treated his slaves pretty well. But I don't know if they're still slaves, so. Yeah. That, that's still but, on a degree of horrors. But... Yeah, he, he made the best he could out of a bad situation, but it was still a bad situation. Yeah. And I mean, and he grew hemp back then and everything else. So, I mean, CW might not have been the most uptake person in the world if he's growing weed. Yeah. And weed, and weed uh, similars. But one but, thing um, that I do care a lot about is that I think that politics should be not religiously biased, which I feel is no. a relatively opinionated stance to have and quite. No, it's the way America is supposedly built on separation of church and state. Supposedly being the key word there. Honestly, I think America is the worst for it. Oh, I I agree. A lot of Eastern countries that are less developed. That sounds horrific, out of context. Sounds so much worse than I meant it to say. But there are some Eastern countries that are going through a lot of issues right now. Yep. And some of them are um, are very much run by being politically minded and yep. America is just as much a fool of doing it too oh yeah if we weren't if we had true separation of church and state there wouldn't be a debate about abortion or gay marriage or any fact, of that stuff so so the the most crucial example of it is um i believe they're called crisis pregnancy centers so mm-hmm. they basically are usually either on wheels or um, usually very close to abortion clinics. And sort of their sole purpose is to talk people into keeping babies and shaming them, fooling yep. them into believing that they believe in choice. Yep. In America, but- you know who funds them? Because they they claim they're religious organizations, the government. Well, in America, they're funded by the Christian charities. I mean, Catholic charities. And they kind of get political exemptions because Mm. of them being 
having a religious stance, which is bloody ridiculous to me. And when I first started hearing about them and hearing about the issues they cause, I was like, I just want to get on the next plane. I'm just going to go be American and, and protest till the day I die against this sort of shit because it's, it's absolutely disgusting. Yep. Like, it makes me angry to a ridiculous level. Yeah. Yep, and we've, we've had discussions about you hypothetically coming to the States. Yeah. And... Or potentially even. Hmm. Yeah, and who knows? I, I don't know entirely what my, my life will bring. Funnily enough, I had a dream last night. I, I was hmm. in uh, New York, and being there had made me want to live in America. And then I woke yeah. up. I had loads of weird bits of that dream of like things I wanted to do. It's like I That's got because your big brother's here right now. No, but like it was just like loads of really random things. Like one of the things was I got acrylic nails and I like fell in love with these nails I had on my. You back. you went Jersey Shore. They weren't like ridiculously long, but they were very pretty. They're not the claws. No, not claws. They're not Snooky nails. <laughs> Which is funny because Snooki's not even from Jersey. She's from the part of New York I am. Yeah. I would Actually, love most of them you are. to watch our equivalent, which is called Geordie Shaw. I've, um, seen, uh, I've seen Love Island. Is that close enough? It's, it's a whole world of its own. So, like, there are women that on that show have got so drunk that they have wet the bed and mm. were on TV. And you're like, how? How can you be like this? Yeah. See, you'll never be able to be on that show. You're not a Geordie. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think I'd ever want to be on it. I don't, I don't really um, subscribe to that drinking culture. Yeah. But maybe, maybe that's what we should do. We should dedicate an episode to you, like, giving your reactions after watching an episode and we discuss it together. <laughs> God, I don't know if anybody wants to hear that except you. <laughs> I'm, I'm sadistic. <laughs> okay, fine, then if we're going to do that, I'm going to have you have to watch old episodes of Real World. I've heard of Real World. Oh, it's the first big reality show that started all these other ones, essentially. Mm. Oh, Real World was one of the first reality shows in America after Cops. I don't think I told you my um, obsession that I found in the Which time. one this time? Other than having large <laughs> uh, carts on shopping websites. It's a, um, a reality show called Are You The One? And they'd done a season where um, it was sexuality fluid. Isn't that... And isn't that America, was... or do we have a copy of it? It's it's American. Okay, um, I thought I heard that name before. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, and it's always been heterosexual for the last yeah. seven seasons prior. Hmm. But it was amazing. I loved it. It's finished now. But I'd recommend anyone to watch all the episodes. It was an MTV show. Yeah, so is Real World. Mm. And that um, Real World is what caused all the other ones to come about. And the worst bit is, is I'm like legitimately in love with half of the cast but yeah. there is because i'm gender fluid gender neutral mm. 
there was someone on the show that was gender neutral that transitioned also called Kai and I was like mm. yes I have someone that is like a a hotter American version of me <laughs> hotter my ass no he's beyond gorgeous yeah we it, um it was nice to have some representation sorry I've got my cat currently following me Got, we've got I hear a the bell. guest on the episode. Yeah, let's let's talk to your cat for a minute. Meow, meow. I heard a purr. Yeah, she was trying to purr into the microphone. <laughs> yeah, I heard a purr there. Oh, and for any Americans who are familiar with Real World, even though a lot of you are probably younger than that show is, um. If you are familiar with it, don't worry. If I'm going to show Kaya season, I'll start with uh, San Francisco just so she doesn't have complete lack of faith in the series. <laughs> Trust me, I'm going to introduce Kai to Pedro, and she'll love Pedro immediately. <laughs> just to give you an idea, Kai, Pedro Zamora is one of the first people on American TV, period, to be known as having AIDS and be gay. Oh yeah, and he's where a lot of people got familiar with that the that type of person. Familiar. Yep, and that was the season with Puck. Okay. Yeah, and then I think the season after that was Real World London, which had an actress that became somewhat known for a little while there. Um, shit, what's her name? I just blanked. She was on uh, Real World, but then she's also been in that movie Ladder 49 and a bunch of other ones. Okay. Let's see. Uh, let me look it up because I don't remember right now. IMDb is our friend. Oh, honestly. Where I'm starting to watch more movies, I, like, IMDb is always what I stick on whenever I'm watching something. I love yeah. the about people's careers and what they're known for because I'm one mm. of those people that I know names and faces so it's nice to have a tool where I can like ask yeah. questions essentially mm. I'm getting into IMDB to find this now because I can't figure it out off the top of my head here we go yeah season 4 is London and season three was the other one. Jacinda Barrett. That's what I'm thinking of. And also, if anybody who's familiar with WWE is on there, um, there's a guy on there called uh, I think it's I think it's him, Mike Johnson, who became the Miz in the WWE. But Jacinda Barrett's probably the one anybody would know. She was on the Poseidon, The Last Kiss, Ladder Forty Nine, um, The Human Stain. A ton of other stuff, too. And since yeah. she was in that show, too. Oh, okay. But she's a Brit. Gotta love so. some British representation. <laughs> yeah, because you guys don't have enough in America. We're already stealing all your shows. <laughs> oh, wait, sorry, I'm wrong. She was an Australian, not a Brit. But she lived in Britain, too, afterwards. And then she moved to America. But let's face it, Australians are just the Texan Brits. Yes, yeah, so it sounds like we've got two really good episode ideas in the works now. Yeah. Well, the real world, I think you'll appreciate. The only problem is, is that 
we wouldn't be able to do it while we're watching the show, just in case any of the audio gets picked up. Oh no! But we can always watch and then recap after a few episodes, and then we can like somewhat of like almost like a book club scenario where yeah, we watch. Have you react to two episodes at a time? Yeah, maybe watch an episode each and then talk about it, like as like a one thing. Well, we can always go on Rabbit and watch them together. Yeah, yeah. Because I have a feeling I'm going to be doing a lot more on Rabbit soon again, too. Because last year, just for friends, and friends that weren't in America, I streamed the Thanksgiving Day Parade, and I streamed uh, the Christmas Parade and the Christmas Tree Lighting in Rockefeller Center. Although yeah. most of them are at like 2 a.m. for Kai, so she couldn't make it. Although this year, I'm hoping maybe she's going to be able to watch the uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade since it's on a Thursday. Yeah, and it's t- mid-afternoon. Yeah, because it starts at 9 a.m. my time, I think it is. I've been watching the damn parade for 38 years. I still don't know when the hell it com- what time of the day it comes on. <laughs> but I think you'll love it. I know Jackie, who's been on the podcast before, she loved it last year. She was asking, she was almost upset and crying when it was ending. Oh, bless her. She's never wanted to see Santa go away as fast as that, because Santa's always the last person in the parade. Santa welcomes in the Christmas season for New York at the end of Thanksgiving, at the Thanksgiving parade. And then being fat Americans, then we all go watch football and eat until we can't move. Canadians, you're familiar too, except you have a shittier version of football, Canadian football. <laughs> Trust me, Kai, when the first time you come over here, if you can come over during Thanksgiving and Christmas season, I think you'll immediately want to live here. <laughs> Especially if you see New York City during Christmas time. Kai's one of those people that she, she would probably be happy living in the area that I do of New York because it's close enough to the city to get there if she wanted to. But far yeah. enough, she can say fuck that whenever you don't want to. Yeah. Just kind of like how you are with London, because you're about an hour from there, too. Yeah, I'm 40 minutes out from London. I was just saying about an hour so nobody tries tracking you. Um, <laughs> Come find me. <laughs> there's only one person who's allowed to track you down there, and that's uh, the person you're dating. And he already knows where you live, so he doesn't have to track. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But, um... But no, this is the, like the area that I think you'd be happy because it's close enough to the nature and the mountains and everything, so you could escape to that. But close enough that if you feel like going to Broadway, you're an hour away from the show. Yeah. And let's face it, if you lived in New York, anywhere in the state within two hours of the city, all of your free money would be going to shows. Of course. I'd be the one that's going, sitting there with like a, a stack of... Uh, playbills in our apartment the way that people used to have newspapers. <laughs> Every show that'll be like an unofficial uh, Broadway critic. Oh yeah, that's another thing that happened in the time that we uh, That you went and saw your favourite show of all time now? No. Um, basically I had when Hamilton Puerto Rico was mm-hmm. um, playing with Lin-Manuel Mm-hmm. Um, someone had done a competition because they brought a load of uh, shirts and yeah. playbills and they was giving them away mm-hmm. as like a competition and I won a Hamilton Puerto Rico t-shirt oh jeez, oh yeah that's right I remember you told me you were going to die in that shirt yeah and a, a little book the little booklet with Lin-Manuel's name in 
Okay. If and that's, now, how many things from Lynn Manuel do you have? Because I got you his book last year for Christmas. That probably is the second thing. But you probably have like three or four total now, right? Yeah. Yeah. And plus your undying love of Hamilton. Of course. Even um, though you don't listen to it daily anymore, you used to love that play. Yeah. So in the UK, we have a radio show called Desert Island Discs. And the premise of the show is that um, they bring on celebrities and give them the scenario of if they was on Desert Island. They get to bring okay. eight songs with them. The Bible, the works of Shakespeare, and a book of their choice, and a luxury item. Yeah. And they are sort of interviewed about their life and the music that they would choose to take with them if they were on a desert island. And Lin-Manuel done an episode mm -hmm. because he's currently in Scotland filming for a BBC show um, mm. that I'm very excited for called His Dark Materials. And oh, it man, it's going to be on the BBC. You'll be like, I'll gladly pay my telephone, my television bill this year. <laughs> I'm very I lucky. I, I don't pay it. So yeah. yeah. I'm very excited for that. And just so everybody thinks she's not breaking the law, not paying it. She's just not responsible for it. Yeah. Someone pays it. Yeah. In my household. Yeah. So I just don't want anybody to think that you're like pirating your TV. <laughs> No, I'm not With smart. the way the internet is that right now, they'd be on the phone to freaking Scotland Yard. <laughs> nope. I'm, I'm, I'm unfortunately not smart enough to do that, I don't think. Eh. First of all, A, you are smart enough, and B, it's not that complex to begin with. <laughs> so. But, uh, I don't know. What do, you, what do you think, Kai? I think that pretty well covers it at this point, since we've already gone for an hour and a half. Yeah, I think that we're definitely back in the swing of things and see you in our time when we. Okay, well, we'll see you guys soon. But... Oh, crap. Where'd those keys go? Damn it, <laughs> I lost them again. Motherfucker. <laughs> I cannot find these damn things wherever I put them. <laughs> Shit. Who knows how long until we're back? All right, well, we're, we're going to try and rush, but damn it, I can't believe I lost those.